We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can listen to old shows there as well. Ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. Good, Good to see you all. Morning, Good morning, Scott. Scott. All right. Starting off with Mastering Your Retirement. Some highlights from your seminar. Here. Yes. We thought this would be a great idea yeah. to uh, to share with some listeners some highlights from the seminar that we did uh, last week for those that couldn't make it. And for those that did make it, you get to have a little review. It's Beautiful. funny, we get to, uh, one of the things that people often comment about afterwards, <laughs> with this, that, that how many times people will grab a coffee mm-hmm. and sit down and either go back to bed to listen to us. So yeah. if you're chilling in bed, sit back, relax, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> the <it>. show. <laughs> well, not to mention the second time around, you, you, you sometimes pick up things that you didn't get the first time. Or you have questions, you just think of things, uh, think of things that you forgot to ask while exactly, there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So we called it Master Your Retirement. And I think when you consider anything in life that you are trying to master, mm-hmm. it's usually something which is very important to you. It's something yeah. you have a passion about, but, but obviously something that's important as well. And when you think about retirement, it's one of our life goals for everybody. Mm-hmm. So what better thing to try and master than retirement itself. And, and I think what rep, what really it means when you think about mastering something and mastering retirement, it's being able to do it with confidence and absolute clarity. Mm-hmm. And so retirement is unique. There's no doubt about it. No one is the same. It's almost like a fingerprint, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. And there's no cookie cutter approach to being able to create your own retirement. And although we do know, looking back, the old retirement a generation ago or two, Mm -hmm. typically people retired at age 65. And uh, most times people didn't live that long either. Mm -hmm. Maybe 75 if you were lucky to age 80. So you're looking at a 10 to 15 year retirement. And the second thing which is important is that people often consider retirement about slowing down. And it usually meant... I was going to have less income and I was going to take it easy and maybe less travel, all of those things that were associated with retirement Mm -hmm. of a generation or two ago. Flash forward to today, the new retirement, well, people want to retire earlier. Mm -hmm. So it might be, you know, 55, 57, 62, and they're also living longer. So now a retirement is 20, you know, to age 85, age 90, maybe even 95. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, people want to remain vibrant. They want to be doing things. They want to be um, traveling more. In fact, they don't want their lifestyle to to decrease at all. They want to maintain their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then be able to explore other things. This is what you've been dreaming for. That's right. It's not that ideal of, I'm going to live off 75% of what I used to do. My expenses are going to go down. No. That doesn't happen too much anymore. No. And, um, but I'm, you know, Don and I have talked to a lot of people about retirement, obviously throughout our, uh, throughout the year, throughout our careers. And, uh, when you think about how much time goes into it, it it's something that is, we're more often worrying about it or thinking about it, but it's hard to do, to, uh, to commit that much time to it. And I, I was using the analogy when you think about the last extended holiday you may have taken, like mm-hmm. if you've gone away for a two week trip mm-hmm. or even longer, think about how much planning went into that. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. you, you probably did all this research in terms of all the trips you want to take, the sites you want to see, so mm-hmm. you don't miss anything. You've got all kinds of boxes that you want to tick. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to food, you know, should I, insect repellent, mm-hmm. clothing, like people yeah. will do yeah. all kinds of research mm-hmm. in terms of maximizing that result on their, on their holiday. So today you think about retirement, 
it's it's going to be a 15 25 or 30 year trip yeah and 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 i would argue that that it's going to probably be one of the longest journeys of your life and the question is is how prepared are you for that hmm. and so the purpose of our presentation was really not to scare people, but to do the opposite and try and inspire people in, in terms of what are the opportunities for retirement, all the things that retirement has to offer, but make you aware of the roadblocks along the way and really trying to address them. It's kind of like a GPS, right? When yeah. you think about that process too, is that from time to time you get off track mm-hmm. and the GPS does that recalibrate, recalculating yeah. <laughs> and make, an ele- make a legal coffee. U-turn. <laughs> You've turned in for coffee. <laughs> That's right. It's time, it's time to recalibrate and get back on track. So when I think about creating a worry-free retirement, I think it starts with a trusted partner or advisor. And, um, and IG, at IG Wealth Management now, we've been doing this for over 90 years. And, and we have more certified financial planners, more CFPs than any other company in Canada. And today we're advising over 1 million Canadians across mm. the country, and we have approximately 2,000 consultant practices across the country as well. And so that means that whether you retire here in the GTA or greater Hamilton area, and you decide to end up in Victoria, mm-hmm. you can have a continuity of service and a consistency in terms of how that plan and your retirement plan is going to be looked after. And we're currently managing over $80 billion in assets, and uh, that makes us one of the largest money managers in the world uh sorry in canada and it's um so it's a it's a strong partnership and really we're not trying to say that to impress anybody but just really to impress upon you that this isn't the first time we've done this yeah yeah. and for don and i we've we we have 10 to 20 people per year that Mm. are going through the retirement process Mm. so we're very familiar with it and uh and, and what the strategy should be around it so today ig wealth management is owned by uh, a company called Power Financial Corporation. So when you think about who are you partnering with for your retirement plan, Power Financial Corporation is one of the most respected companies, just not here in Canada, but worldwide. Mm -hmm. And it's owned by the Demeray family out of Quebec, and uh, they own about 55% of it. So under the Power Financial banner, the two main companies that are here in Canada are IGM, uh, which is our parent company, and IGM owns our IG Wealth Management, McKenzie Financial, and Investment Planning Council. But our sister company is Great West Life Co. Mm-hmm. And Great West Life, most people are familiar with. Maybe mm-hmm. we've got group plans there or group insurance, but Great West Life is also um, the owner of London Life, Canada Life, Irish Life, Putnam Investments, and Panagora. And really why, that, why that's important is that that gives us a breadth of, of uh, access to insurance products and different kinds of products that mm-hmm. can create a retirement income stream or that might be part of that sort of balanced approach to creating your retirement income stream. And the only other thing I was going to mention there is we also own a few other companies that people have heard of maybe before, Wealth Simple, um, Personal Capital, which is a company in the U.S., and Portage Ventures and uh, China AMC. All of these companies are in the what we call fintech area, financial technology area, and they are sort of up and coming, uh, not to replace us, but to complement us. Right. And, the, and I think the benefit there for our clients is that as opportunities arise in that fintech space where we see uh, strategies or products or services that are available, we can then complement or add those into our client situation mm-hmm. as, as it makes sense. So, um, 
One of the things that people think about in terms of their retirement plan is usually focused on rate of return. So the first question we'll get from a, a new uh, a new client is, well, what's your rate of return? Yeah. How much am I going to make? Yeah. How much am I going to make? Yeah. And uh, is it going to be a good rate? And while that is important, what I would argue is that it's the sequence of returns and your volatility of returns that's actually going to have the greatest impact. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But overall, the, the main approach that we take is what we would call a comprehensive solution. And the first thing that we would think about is, and there's sort of six parts of that, managing your cash flow efficiently. And that's kind of important in the sense that if you're not careful, you can end up with the tax man being your greatest retirement expense Hmm. versus your own lifestyle. So Hmm. tax optimization and tax efficient strategies throughout retirement is key. Optimizing your retirement is the second area that we look at. And this is really thinking about how to build a nest egg that you've built for your life, for your entire life, but how do you take money out of that nest egg? How do you withdraw money efficiently and make sure that you're getting the most of what you've worked so hard to develop? When you think about the next one, which is called preparing for the unexpected, you really want to build into your plan Mm -hmm. Uh, so that you can handle whatever life gives you. Maybe it's a disability, maybe it's a long-term care. Your plan needs to address that. And again, that's just part of the overall comprehensive solution. The fourth category for a comprehensive solution is planning for major expenditures. And again, you know, you didn't save for your entire life not to be able to spend your money now. Mm -hmm. And You might want to be travel, you might want to be buying some more major things, and we want to help people figure out how to do that. The next one is the fifth one, which is sharing your wealth. And what Canadians have told us is that they want to leave a legacy. And it's not just to charity or to family members, but they also want their grandkids and their great-grandchildren to really get a sense of who they are and what they stood for when it comes to passing on that legacy. So we can help people do that as well. (laughs) So, you know, we know that, um, and the the final area would be maximizing business success. And in terms of if you're self-employed or you own your own business, what you're trying to accomplish is how do I extract money out of my business or how do I deal with succession planning in terms of passing the business on to the next generation? Mm. So those are the main six components of a comprehensive solution for your retirement plan. Now, the next thing we know is that the reality is that retirement is not an event. It just doesn't, boom, here, I'm done. It, what we know is that it's basically a journey or a process. And the first step of that is what we would call the newly retired, or sorry, nearly retired, nearly retired. And those individuals are the people that have been saving for a, a really important goal, the mm-hmm. major retirement. But they're also reached a point where maybe the kids are finished university now, so they've got cash flow. Mm-hmm. They're also at their peak earning years. And they're either paid off their debt or they're getting very close to getting rid of that debt. So they're finding cash flow is available. So that's kind of a nice, and and the next stage, which is the newly retired, is really about that moment where now you're not working at all, Mm. right? And you're going to spend more. It's kind of like being a teenager again on, on holiday. <laughs> I was going to say on holiday, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing all the things you want to do With right money. away. Yeah. 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 You have your health yeah. and you're definitely <laughs> spending more. 
And I know we're just going to go to a break in a second, but the next section after you're sort of newly retired is the experienced retiree. And the experienced retiree is that person who hit their groove, they figured out what their lifestyle is going to look like, their, their spending is now pretty consistent, and, uh, and they're feeling pretty good. And then the final phase of the uh, retirement journey is the legacy. And uh, as I said, that's just, again, an opportunity for you to be able to give back and how best to do that. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. We're talking about mastering your retirement. Yeah, mastering your retirement means it's something very important. Mastering anything means it's something very important to you. And when you think about mastering your retirement, you want to be able to do it with confidence and absolute clarity. Mm-hmm. And when we ask people what are their key goals goals in retirement, six things came out of us. The first thing that they were concerned about is making it last. I don't want to run out of money. The second thing they talked about was maintaining their lifestyle. So this is about inflation. I got to keep up with Mm -hmm. the cost of living over time. Mm -hmm. The third thing they talked about is protecting my assets. I've worked hard to save this money. I want to understand it's going to be safe. And this is about asset allocation. The fourth thing is about spending well. Again, I've saved, I've built up this nest egg. I want to be able to enjoy it. So this is about understanding your withdrawal rate. How much can you take out? The fifth thing was staying healthy. And uh, although while we can't control that, financial stress is a big impact on people's health. So Mm -hmm. that's a key part of this. And finally, the legacy about giving back. And so when you think about living longer today, a couple age 60 has a chance of one of them making it to over age 90, a 50-50 chance of yeah. one of them be living beyond age 90. And so it, it's important to understand that while the old approach that we used to look at, well, you might live to age 85 or 90, it's actually now been expanded. We're actually saying now you could live to age 95 in terms of projections, possibly even 100 mm-hmm. to understand this. Yeah, and if you actually look at it, breaking down you know, male versus female at age 60, the average male will live to 83 when they hit age 60, and the average female hits 86. So those people having to decide, should I take out my Canada pension plan early? Mm. The odds say on 50% will live past age 83 for male. So unless you're a smoker, got some health issues, you probably should not be taking it out early because you're leaving like 10 years Mm. where you'd be in the good. 73 is the break-even point. So it's so important to look at these numbers and not bet against yourself. Mm. So when you think about... um, making it last in longevity. The, the problem is, is that about two thirds of retirees find it really hard to strike a balance between enjoying retirement and making their money last. And so if you're worrying about your money all the time, that's sort of like negative goal setting. You're always it's making- It's like working. Yeah, you're always making, you're always <laughs> making decisions. Yes. You're always making decisions from this period, from this uh, place of stress. Yeah. And so 
Retirement is more like self-actualization. If you worry too much, you won't be able to pull the trigger and be able to do things you want to do. And that's why it's important to have a comprehensive plan that with clarity and confidence, something that you're revisiting two, maybe three times a year in the early stages of retirement to make sure it's still on track and that you feel confident. The second thing we talk about is the cost of living going up too. And you think about the slide we had was what, when you look at the McDonald's menu, Back in 1972, if you took every single item on the McDonald's menu and you added it all up, the cost for the entire menu was $5.27. Wow. Today, a Big Mac alone is $5.99. So it's gone up tenfold in Mm. the last 50 years. When you think about your retirement, the cost of living is going to go up at least three times if you live over a 30-year period. So if your income isn't going up at the same pace, then you're going to find yourself falling behind and having to make adjustments to um, to your retirement plans. Even Uh, low inflation can have a big impact. We showed a slide where if you started with a million dollars at 2% inflation over 25 years, that's cut to 615,000 of purchasing power. One more uh, percent at 3% inflation, that million dollars is cut by more than half, 481,000 after 25 years in terms of purchasing power. So you've got to make sure that your investments are keeping up along with all that. One of the things that we looked at was the performance, poor performance, and how that can alter your retirement plan. So if you're just getting started out in your retirement and suddenly the stock market has a big correction or real estate has a big correction or some event happens, interest rates rise, there's a shock, and suddenly your investments have gone down in value. Now the question is, can your investments recover? Because Mm -hmm. now you're starting to dip into capital instead of growth. And this is one of the points where we recommend to people, as you think about retirement, you should be consolidating all of your assets to one institution and to one advisor. And why that's a key strategy is that in a period where markets have gone down and you're now in this hole, you can have your advisor look at the whole picture, all the pieces, and be able to decide where are we going to take money from so that we don't end up selling something that's low. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sell low, you want to sell when things are high. And we would also talk about the world of averages. And when Don and I review uh, a second opinion on someone's retirement plan or financial plan, we often find that they've used average rates of returns. And there's lots of calculators available that people can access online to do their own kind of projections. And we just looked at one, for example, where they had $100,000 of capital starting at age 65. They wanted to take out $600 per month. And in this case, it was a 5% constant return. Well, when you look at that chart, it's actually last year to to age 89. So uh, over 25 years, almost 25 years, I should say in total. So you might feel pretty good about that. But what you have to remember is that that's an average return. So in fact, half the people in the average, their money lasted longer than 89. So that's pretty good. But the other half, it actually fell short. Mm -hmm. And so those people were ending up having to make some decisions about their retirement plan. So if I said to you, your plan has a 50-50 chance of making it to there, you might not feel very confident, right? And the sequence of returns that you get at your early stage of retirement is critical. And we showed a picture where we had three rates of return, three hypothetical returns for the first three years of someone's retirement. And they were represented in a triangle at the top 5%, bottom right minus 15%, and in the bottom left corner, 25%. If you work those out, you actually end up with a 5% return over the three-year period, 
But as you're withdrawing money out of your portfolio, that makes a big impact in terms of how long it will last. So we looked at two scenarios. What if you had the clockwise scenario, so 5%, minus 15, and then a 25% return, your portfolio only lasted to age 83 Mm -hmm. instead of 89. If it was the opposite, where you had 5% the first year, plus 25% the second year, and minus 15 in the third year, your portfolio lasted to age 87. It was a little better than the other one, but it still didn't make it to 89. So the truth is, we know investments are never a straight line in terms of how they return their performance. So it's so key to understand what is your rate of return and how are you going to adjust your plan if you get poor early returns. And finally, we looked at a little bit of uh, diversification and how that can make sense. And again, we often see people concentrated as they head into retirement into certain asset classes. It might be, you know, real estate has been the best thing. So you're overweight or heavily invested in just real estate, or perhaps you've got a, a portfolio of investments, but they're heavily weighted in Canadian only investments. And sometimes we see people want to really protect their assets and they've put everything into more into GICs than they should, which don't help over inflation. So that concentration can make a big impact. We need to understand your, um, to have the proper diversification so that you're protected no matter what event happens. And finally, we talked about how much can you take out of your portfolio. And again, with averages, it can be misleading. And the rule of thumb used to be 4% was a good average, but the truth is, is that, and that will make your money last forever, but are you going to sort of regret that you didn't spend more earlier on? You might take out up to 8%, and we were showing how long a $500,000 portfolio would last in a moderate risk portfolio. Uh, And at 8%, your portfolio might only last about 17 years. But more importantly than averages, we want to talk about probabilities. And I'll give you an example. If you take a a 4% withdrawal rate on your $500,000 portfolio and you look over 30 years, you've got a 95% probability that the money will last that long, including inflation and volatility, et cetera. But just two more percent, if you withdrew 6% instead of 4%, that same 30-year period, your probability of success drops to 55%. Mm. And that's a big difference. I love Don used the analogy in our session about uh, if you're going to go have surgery and the surgeon said to you, you know, you've got a 95% success chance of having this surgery and being good at the end, you know, you'd feel all right. Sure. But if he said 55%, yeah. I'd be getting a second opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Absolutely. So, no, there's a, uh, it's interesting. Andy's gone over. And first of all, I got to apologize about my voice. And I had a lot of clients mentioning, okay, you must have been yelling at the TV on the Thai cats at the great cup. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, they were overmatched and I didn't get to yell because they were losing from the get go. But uh, <laughs> you never got warmed up. I never even got warmed up. So uh, but bear with me today. So uh, we took an example of taking what Andy had mentioned with, you know, inflation risk, sequence of return risk, longevity risk. You take all this and you said, okay, here's an example of somebody that did get a second opinion, um, Nicole and Sam. And Nicole was 59 and Sam's 58 and they had a hard date. They're going to retire in 2022. And like Andy mentioned, they don't want to have a cut in lifestyle. They want to just enjoy the lifestyle at the same level that they have always enjoyed life. Mm -hmm. Now they do have a son and they want to leave a a chalet that they also own to the son. So the son would get this nice, beautiful chalet. They do have $1.3 million in assets. Mm. Now, it sounds like a lot of money. 300,000 was an inheritance. 
But you got to think, most pension plans these days are worth like about a million dollars. Yeah. So, you know, you just, you just don't see the money. You just see the income. Right. And so they have it built into a, a fairly nice portfolio of RSPs and non-registered investments. Now, they did get a, a there an advice from a, an advisor, and they said, let's draw on those RSPs early. Well, before they start collecting all the security and get spread that tax bite over, over time and avoid that high taxes later. Now, as, as one of the people that uh, witnessed or went to our seminar, that's something we talk about all the time. In fact, we talked about two weeks ago. But does it make sense in every case? Mm-hmm. It's more of a rule of thumb than it is a set rule. Right. And we'll go to that in a second. Um, it turns out that Al, their son, doesn't have any money and is engaged to somebody they barely know. Mm. Well, I don't know about you, but you might have a second thoughts of giving a chalet away. Yeah, yeah. Plus playing all those capital gains up early. And right now they're going to be using their tax-free savings accounts that, by the way, aren't fully topped up to pay for the capital gains tax and any other big costs while they're still working. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they want to pass the chalet in now while they're working. So... When you looked at it, they had income of about 83000 a year in retirement. So three years later, but their expenses are 111000 Uh-oh. Well, there's one more expense that you got to add in there, income tax. Mm. Because once you start pulling money out of those RSPs, yeah. you got to pay tax on it. Mm-hmm. So they were short. They need about $160,000 of income. And that's got to come from their, their non-registered um, TFSAs or RSPs. So we, we looked at alternative plans for them. And the number one thing is simply splitting your pension income. Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't rocket science. Uh, most people are doing that right now. However, I do have some clients that do separate tax returns. And I could never understand why would you get two separate tax returns if any time you want to have one person doing your tax return is at retirement mm. because you can split that pension income. Right. It does make a big difference. Um, number two, Instead of cashing in those RSPs now, we're going to cash them in a lot later and leave them more to the end and defer the tax. Now, some people will say, well, isn't that just going to defer the tax until you're in that 50, yeah. you know, 53.5% tax bracket that we've talked about? And it says, yeah, it might just do that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to leave a better estate and you're going to live better, it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll find out. We're going to buy an annuity to pay those property taxes on that chalet. Well, right now they have a GIC. And they said, this has to be stuck in GICs. We're not going to change this. And it's a fairly, um, it's very high cost to have a GIC. First of all, it earns interest income and you pay full tax on that. And interest rates do change. Mm -hmm. So what we thought is, let's look at buying an annuity with a certain amount of their money. And we will have that pay a certain amount every year to pay for the property taxes, plus annuities, part of its principal, which you don't pay tax on, part of its income, which you do pay tax on. So it is actually a little more tax effective, plus it's guaranteed for life. For Literally, it's for life. So you don't, there's no in, um, difference in interest rates over, the, uh, over that time. Um, fourthly, we're going to optimize that tax-free savings accounts. We've talked about that a lot, Andy and I, over the years. To us, it's like, it's the best gift the government's ever given us. Mm. You can put money in these. They can grow tax-free. Um, they go to your heirs without probate tax. 
And if one of you die, if one of the uh, spouses dies, it goes to the other spouse. So you basically end up with tax-free growth with both yours for the rest of the survivor. And, uh, you know, absolutely not using them as a bank account. Mm -hmm. And we're going to invest those monies just like we would anything else, not putting them in daily interest. So, and finally, we're going to transfer the chalet later. We're going to wait till death on this one. Mm. We're not going to transfer it now. Uh, forget about the fact that he's engaged to somebody they barely know. Mm. We're going to simply look at a tax. Is it better just to put this off and pay the tax at death rather than coming up with a lot of money for a big capital gains tax now? Yeah. So we... Again, this is where we're a little disadvantaged, the listeners. You don't get to see these beautiful charts that the people at the seminar got to see. But right off the get-go, um, there's a shortfall. Now, what we did here is we've indexed everything with inflation. Unfortunately, the previous um, advisor didn't use inflation all the way through. So it looked like they're going to be fine. But as it turns out, they're going to run out of money in the last four years. Mm. Not the end of the world, I suppose. You could always sell your house. But that wasn't part of the game plan. If they simply um, pay off, if they simply split the pension, you take off two more years. And I apologize. You actually have six years of shortfalls. Now you're down to four years of shortfalls simply by splitting pension. Hmm. So it's amazing how just putting those tax returns together and optimizing those tax returns by, and again, we don't do this. The tax program does this. Yeah. It's simply a pension optimization button. Now, we're going to change the order of redemption. We're not going to take those RSPs out early, and we're going to save them for the end. We're going to take out non-registered money first. And then, and we're also, um, and we're just going to save the RSPs to the end. Mm -hmm. So if we have to touch the uh, TFSAs, we will, but we'll also put the money back in the TFSAs. And we'll, we'll carry this on and just see how much better does this get. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. We're talking about mastering your retirement. Yes, and we're, and we're looking at a, a real-life case of Nicole and Sam, and this is what something Andy and I do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. It's not simply mm -hmm. about the money. It's looking at everything mm -hmm. in all aspects, including you know, some of the things in terms of interpersonal relationships with ex-daughter-in-laws or new daughter-in-laws or what might happen yeah. in this particular case. So again, we added, let's add TFSAs to the mix, and that only made the situation better. And then we also said, finally, let's... Uh, Let's put off those capital gains until the very end. And that, again, made the situation even better. So if we did the Monte Carlos analysis, which Andy talked about with the uh, the triangle effect. The sequence of returns and understanding how does volatility of an investment affect how you are going to maintain your income during retirement. And so the opportunity then is to run thousands of what-if scenarios mm. where we stress test your portfolio, inflation, how long you will live, and how much you're taking out to understand, will you have a successful retirement? What's the probability mm. of your money lasting through to X, X number of years through your retirement period? Right. 
Right, and, and in their case, when they actually looked at their current plan, out of 150 trials, 50 trials, they would have had to reduce their lifestyle by up to 35% hmm. to not run out of money. Right. I don't know about you, but I do not want my numbers saying you have a 67% chance of success. Yeah. Going back with Andy saying, um, yeah, what are, how's my surgery look? Well, you got a 67% chance. <laughs> and, well, and, and as well, I think too, that when, when they first came to us, Sam and Nicole, they had a plan and they felt pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand what the risk or how, what, when you stress test it, what the probability of their plan actually making it through to the end goal, uh, what, what was the probability? And by the time we sort of identified that suddenly it's almost like they didn't know what they didn't know. Right. right? And so we know we need to make some changes to improve on this. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why it's, it's, it's imperative to have a second opinion on what you're currently doing. So then you look at, okay, what if they simply, um, change the redemption order of the retirement assets? They did have 67% chance of success. Right. It has now gone up to 83%. Hmm. That's a good jump. Wow. And that is just simply based on leaving the RSPs to the end. Yeah. That totally against what we just said a couple of weeks ago, cashing those RSPs early at the lower tax brackets. Mm -hmm. We would obviously look at both options. And in this particular case, it made sense to defer tax. All situations different. Absolutely. So and now instead of 50 trials out of 150 that didn't work out, though there's only 26 trials mm -hmm. out of 150 that they had to reduce their lifestyle. To me, I still don't feel great at 83%. Yeah. It's an A minus, mm -hmm. a heck of a lot better than a C though. Yeah. Okay. Well, take another step. Let's get that annuity. Well, that annuity now jumps it from 83 to 89%, another 6% jump. Mm -hmm. That's kind of shocking because all you did is you, you sold the GIC, you bought an annuity, and the annuity pays for the property taxes. Mm -hmm. And now the success rate is up to 89%. 17 out of 150 were failures. Getting a lot better. Yeah. What if we now kept investing those TFSAs in proper investments and topping them up, even if you had to sell the RSPs? Well, are you sure you want to sell those RSPs and pay tax on it to top up a TFSA? Absolutely, because we've now gone from 89% to 92%. Mm. And now we've got 12 trials out of 150 trials that didn't work out. You know, I, I don't know about you, but 92% is looking pretty good. Yeah, it's getting better. It's a lot better. <laughs> and finally, what if we would put off getting rid of that chalet and letting the estate pay the, the capital gains tax on that chalet? And we didn't even look at other options like buying an insurance policy to pay the tax. Mm -hmm. We just looked at their assets they currently have. And by simply not giving the chalet to their son and their future daughter-in-law. Before death. Yes. Right. Um, while they're working, which yeah. they were thinking of doing, they were going to wait till they died and pass it on then. Sure. I'm sure um, their son and daughter-in-law- Have it figured out. Well, we'll have a great time <laughs> at the cottage, <laughs> but it actually put the plan up to 95%. Only seven trials out of 150 mm -hmm. didn't work out. So what does that actually mean in terms of money? How much does each change make in a difference? So obviously, if you just left the old way, there was no change because you just left it the original way and you had a net lifetime spending of about six million bucks, you paid about almost $2 million in income tax and your estate would be worth 2 million bucks. You at know, age 95, right? At, at, at 95, age 95, correct. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. 
Um, I would say most people look at that and say, wow, we're doing great. Yeah. And why would I ever want to have anybody give me a second opinion? Look how great I'm doing. I'm going to leave my kid two million bucks and I get to spend six million over the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Well, by making changes, Making changes can really make a small impact. So a large impact too. For example, that first one, which was just splitting pension income, right? Which is an automatic thing. That alone improves their spending during that, their lifetime by about $100,000. And that income splitting reduces their overall tax bill that drops it by about $70,000 over the course of their lifetime as well. Mm-hmm. And it improves their overall uh, success rate as well. So yes, it went to uh, from six. Not a big difference in success rate, sixty-six to sixty-seven. But more money spent and less tax. Everybody loves doing that. Now you change those orders. Your net, you're now up to eighty-three percent, by the way, of success. But you also got half a million dollars of more fun money. Yeah, you get to enjoy, and you are paying more tax. And we'll get to that right after the break. And that was by deferring the RSP. Yeah. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson, Andy Lister, and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. And don't forget the website at andyanddon.com. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. And check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon, all one word, dot com. You can listen to old archive shows there and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Talking about mastering the retirement. Yes, and going back to Nicole and Sam, by changing, you know, deferring those RSPs, as Andy just mentioned, you'll end up with about a half a million dollars more to spend while you're alive. Mm. However, you're going to spend about $100,000 more of income tax. Yeah. Is it worth it to pay $100,000 of income tax to get to spend 500000 I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, you're net 400000 in the good after tax in your pocket that you get to spend and have fun with or give it away or do what you like to do, but at least you got the choice. Yeah. And on the top of that, your estate's actually better off by 300000 just by deferring the RSPs to the end in this particular case. Mm. Again, going back, there's no rule of thumb. You ha- Everyone is an individual, just like Andy mentioned. It's like a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. So then, by buying that annuity, you've now... Um, had a slight decrease in the estate value, but you also pay a little less tax. But your uh, chances of success have gone from 83% to 89%. The reason why is when you die, that annuity you don't get any money from. It pays you as long as you live, and then upon the second death, it's gone. Well, doesn't that kind of remind you of a pension? Mm. Everybody loves pensions. Oh, I love my pension. I wouldn't want to get rid of that. But when you say, would you want to look at an annuity? Oh, no, I don't want to do that because I just lose all my money when I die. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same as a pension. Right. And we're only suggesting a small part in this particular case. Then finally, optimizing those TFSAs. That decreases the net lifetime tax and had a massive increase in your net estate. Your net estate went from about 300000 more to over $600,000 more just by optimizing your tax-free savings accounts over your lifetime. So it didn't... And, and that optimizing is was focusing on making sure it gets maximized every year. And then more importantly, making sure it's invested properly. Because mm-hmm. if you're 
if you've got money growing in a tax-free zone at 2%, like let's say you were just using conservative investments or GICs versus that same money growing at 6 or 7%, that's going to make a massive difference in terms of how that can compound over the next 25 or 30 years of your mm. retirement. Absolutely. So, and then finally, the very last strategy is for deferring the capital um, gains on that cottage. Keep it until the last day and then it gets sold as part of your estate. Well, at the end of the day, you have a 95% chance of success. What a difference it made to your estate. Your estate has now jumped from just over 600000 to $1,050,000 mm. because now your cottage is part of that estate. Yeah. On top of that, your net lifetime spending, your fund money, if you will, is $522,000 more. Instead, you know, you're going to have well over $6 million to spend over your lifetime and you have to pay $124,000 more of income tax. And this is what I find quite often when you're dealing with certain professions, say an accountant. And trust me, my father's accountant, they got a great job. I understand what they're doing. But sometimes they simply will look at your tax bill and they're not looking, because they don't have all the data about your total situation. They don't know how much extra money you'll have to spend. So in this case here, you're going to pay $124,000 more in tax. Who wants to do that? Yeah. But if you then actually work through the numbers and said you're going to end up with 522000 more to spend, I want to do that every day of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, Don and I, we, we have clients now that are sort of two-thirds the way through their retirement. Mm -hmm. And as I talked about the different stages, the nearly retired, sorry, the nearly retired, the retired, the experienced, and the legacy part of it, they're sort of at that experienced heading into the legacy. But it's so often the case that those people that are two-thirds of the way into retirement will say two things to us. Number one, I have more money than I thought I was going to. Mm. And number two, I have regrets. And the regrets are typically about not being able to do something or having not done something because they were living a just-in-case mentality. Right. And yeah. just in case I need this money. And that fear of underspending or overspending is so prevalent that it, it, it's something that I've wrestled with over my career. And I've done things like, I got to get money into your bank account. You know, I'm going to put 10,000 into your bank account. It's there for you to spend because mm -hmm. people won't spend. We don't change our habits. But I think that also comes with the fact that people don't have complete clarity and confidence yeah, over what they've got yeah. and how long it's going to last and what the plan is. And so as, as Don's run through here, all the different strategies that can be layered onto each other to improve your overall financial well-being, to improve the, um, to improve the probability of the success of your retirement, it went from 66% to 95%. And then the ongoing meeting and regular review, it's kind of like when you think about visiting your dentist or visiting your doctor, and dentists are really good at this, right? You're always coming back for that three month, four month checkup. Mm -hmm. And they call you to remind, they book the appointment and yeah. they call you to remind you and they get you there and they keep on hounding you to mm -hmm. come back and get it done, to stay on top of it. The same thing is true about your financial life that you need to have that sort of consistency. And that's part of our game plan is to make sure that we're getting people back to review where they are and how to make, how to improve the confidence and clarity around their retirement plan. So at the end of the day, explore your current situation, get all the information you possibly can. Don't leave anything unturned. 
clarify those goals and objectives, really find out what you really makes you tick. And that's always an interesting dialogue because it's a great time for a couple to actually talk about what they really want to do. And sometimes they don't do that too often. So it's a great time to do that. Develop that comprehensive plan that we just talked about. Customize that investment program. Make sure it's tax efficient and make sure it's well diversified makes a huge difference. I always said diversification, you'll never make a killing, but you'll never get killed. Hmm. And then get that holistic plan done. And then as Andy just mentioned, constantly monitor it. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at andyanddon.com. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll Thanks, see you next Scott. week. See Thanks, Scott. Scott.